The Healing Word with Bill and Sandy Griffin, bringing hope and healing to our generation. Welcome to The Healing Word. Your hosts, Bill and Sandy Griffin of the Christian Counseling Center in Pickerington, Ohio. We have an exciting program for you today. We're going to be talking to Danny Silk and Brittany Serpel regarding the book Loving Our Kids on Purpose, Making a Heart-to-Heart Connection, published by Destiny Image. You're going to hear about a, a parenting style that includes love and respect, and it's going to be very informative and a, a direction that you'll find so helpful when you find yourself stressed out, how to keep your cool and keep that loving attitude towards your kids. And how to bring God's kingdom and his peace into your home with love in a completely different parenting style. So you're going to definitely benefit from this today. The Lord gave us a scripture today, and the scripture comes from Proverbs 1 in the Passion Translation. Wisdom of a Father. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions, for their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, You must simply say no. In their ungodly disrespect of God, they will bring destruction on their own lives. Sandy, would you open us in prayer? I certainly would. I really like that line that says, adorning us with grace-filled thoughts and giving us reins to guide our decisions. Lord, thank you. Teach us today to set healthy boundaries. Lord, we pray every day your kingdom come, your will be accomplished in our lives. Help us to demonstrate and to live that in our families heart-to-heart connected. And Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit to come, correct us. And Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you that you, you cause us to live toward our potential. Help us to be the best we can be for you and for each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Our very special guests today, Danny Silk is the Family Life Pastor at Bethel Church in Redding, California. He's also president of Loving on Purpose, a nonprofit organization dedicated to strengthening families and communities at the local, national, and international levels. He and his wife, Sherry, have three children, and they've also parented over 70 teens as group home house parents and foster parents. Brittany is the director of Parenting on Loving Purpose, and she and her husband, Ben, have been married since 2003 and have three wonderful children. And she also happens to be the daughter of Danny Silk. Welcome, Danny and Brittany. Thank you. Danny, give us a picture of how God started to bring this revelation to you as you were foster parents. Well, I was a social worker for a foster care agency, and uh, my job was to recruit foster parents. I did that primarily uh, from local churches, and in doing so, I uh, gathered a lot of Christian families into the foster care ministry. And as I was bringing foster children to them, I I soon discovered that uh, it was very difficult for uh, Christian families to parent without the tool of spanking. And so we really found ourselves in a situation where they had raised successful families, but um, they had relied on that tool, which they couldn't do. Uh, with uh, wards of the court. So we had to figure out how are we going to equip families without the use of corporal punishment. And it started us on a journey, and we 
found a, a it really uncovered a lot of um, things that are somewhat dysfunctional when you rely so heavily on intimidating other people to get them to surrender instead of building this bond of love and trust and leading people. And so I think, you know, the the philosophy change and the skill set was really introduced through that journey. You had mentioned in your book that you were visiting a, a woman who'd been a foster parent for a number of years, and she had nine children in her home. And as you observed, you were noticing that they were particularly well-behaved in spite of the fact that they had some severe conditions uh, each individually. Could you share how that gave you some new light? This was a very successful foster parent who had adopted several uh, children that had been diagnosed with attachment disorder, right. which is a pretty severe situation, um, and it's, it's, it's far out of the normal scope of parenting. And when I walked into her home and I saw this collection of nine children that were well-behaved and sitting around the room doing, she homeschooled every one of them. And I was trying to figure out how in the world is she doing this? And she started talking to me about something called love and logic. And I started studying that. And that was a huge source of what we started doing. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you began to implement love and logic. I just some of their material, and I started teaching my foster parents right away just these tools, and I started to realize that there was a lot of a lot of shift in the Christian mentality around love and honor and respect and choices and uh, empowering children, and it was just a, a real shift for most of them. Mm -hmm. Christian parents had learned that uh, you do what I say and you yeah. do it now, or I will threaten you until you do it. And that was, you know, that's an understanding that a lot of family cultures end up with is something that doesn't reflect our father and it doesn't reflect um, really even how we would relate to each other. But it does reinforce a certain uh, downward spiral of fear and control. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we went through training after training after training, just learning new ways to... Um, manage ourselves no matter what the child did. And that was really where it all starts is learning to control myself rather than end up feeling controlled by poor decisions that the kids make. You also come from the Bethel Church, which has a, a tradition in their culture of honor, which is a, a very precious, demonstrable quality that uh, instilling that into this parenting process, too. It, it's just a whole new concept. It is. What is the goal of raising children through what you're teaching? I'll go first. The goal really is to teach our children to control themselves rather than to convince them that we can control them. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a fantasy that we control other people. But a lot of times I think parents get, you know, they get sucked into convincing their kids that uh, if I get upset enough or if I get... Uh, intimidating enough that I actually do control you, and so you have to do good things because if because I control you. Well, that that falls apart as soon as the parent's not there, mm -hmm. as soon as the threat of punishment isn't there. Yeah. So we really want to give our children experiences of self-control, and yes. uh, and then at the same time learn that we 
as parents or as people, we don't really control other people. Brittany, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, all of that is wonderful and very true. And I mean, I love watching my kids manage themselves in hard situations as they grow and learn. And even more for me is I love maintaining that connection with them Mm -hmm. and pursuing their heart and knowing that, you know, the weight of their decisions so much affects our relationship. Um, And that this is something I teach them from really little on is that, you know, they they have, you know, an equal part in our relationship Mm -hmm. and they're responsible for taking good care of that. Um, So teaching them that value of connection and really out of that place of connection is where I have the most influence with my kids. And so I'm constantly moving towards how do I maintain and protect that connection with them. And, you know, through these tools of love and logic and, you know, teaching them how to manage themselves, it's just really phenomenal to see what happens in our relationship as they are getting older and understanding more and more of it. It does sound like it's a very different concept from what we would think of as normal in the parenting authoritarian kind of concept. You're saying that the children have their own special role in the relationship between moms and dads. Yeah, they do. And they also, you know, they bring that to every relationship that they're in. So if I can teach them, you know, the value of connection and honor and relationships and, you know, all the different relationships from their teachers to, you know, their siblings and, you know, my husband and I, I I really am chasing after them learning how to do relationships well Mm -hmm. and understand that this thing of connection is is so important. And really, that's what the Lord's chasing after is that place of connection with us. So I love teaching them how to manage themselves and really the way that their decisions impact us. You know, when they hit their sibling, you know, my son hits my, my daughter and how it affects mommy's heart, you know? Yes. I love that he gets to get a glimpse into that actually causes pain or it's it's hurtful for not only his sister physically, but for our relationship that he's not choosing to protect his sister. And I think that's a wonderful thing for a little guy to learn and um, young and then translate it to being older. And in reading your book, it's not only the self-control of a child, but it's also the self-control of the parent to elicit um, situations in the child that they could Um, have freedom, and they could demonstrate that self-control. You talked about how God disciplined us differently in the Old Testament as opposed to the New. Oh, yeah. You know, we have a different covenant in the Old Covenant. That's why it's called Old. And we have a New Covenant. And the New Covenant is not a relationship with God from the outside in. It's a relationship with God from the inside out. So the Old Covenant doesn't have the Holy Spirit come and dwell within us. Mm The new covenant does. So if we train our children to interface with authority from the outside in, we're teaching them an Old Testament covenant. The new covenant is really uh, it's much, much more full, um, or it is successful in my ability to love, which is why Jesus says, you know, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God, you love yourself, you love each other that you're to be famous on this earth for your love, not for your behavior, you know, not, not for your, um, your image, you know, the, that, we pr- mm-hmm. that we promote to everyone else. So we're, you know, we want to change the culture of our family to match heaven. That starts with actually reflecting the Father 
to our children as we parent. This is how the Father would lead you. Uh, the, the, you know, we don't bust out in leprosy because we are disobedient. No one comes and stones our teenagers because they're disobedient. Now, we, we, we don't have um, a culture of violence in our, in our Christianity because we don't have a father of violence. So if, if my home, if my home is filled with threats, intimidation, and violence to get obedience, then really I'm not getting obedience. I'm, I'm teaching my kids self-preservation. I'm teaching my kids to survive my, their relationship with me. So rather than teach someone self-preservation, I want to give them their responsibility in the relationship so that they learn to carry the weight of respect, mm-hmm. of honor, of uh, responsibility. I want, you to, I want you to clean up your mess when you make a mess. I'm not going to clean up your mess. I can't clean up your disrespect mess. Only you can. And so we begin to shift the responsibility to the child of their lives. And, and most of the parenting that we've experienced over the generations is that the parent bears all the responsibility and what I'm really trying to get is uh, conformity from the child so I feel like I'm carrying less of it mm-hmm. and that that really doesn't equip people for successful marriages or successful leadership in their business it doesn't it doesn't equip people to understand relationships it really teaches people to understand power and control and the power of fear. Wow, that whole culture that uses fear and power creates a, a culture in the business world, a culture in the family, a culture in the schools. Amazing. And you're introducing a whole different concept of a kind of respect, honor, and, and almost equality. What would you say are three major tools for parents to have? I think the biggest thing is you know taking good care of yourself. It's easy for you to get flustered and frustrated when you're exhausted and you're drained. And so setting yourself up for success in those moments where power struggles arise, you know, or it's a busy day or it's a lot happening. There's, you know, gymnastics and soccer and music practice, and then we got to make dinner. So when you don't set yourself up for success and you are, you know, not taking good care of yourself, you are at your worst. I mean, I know from personal experiences that, you know, when I let my stress or anxiety take over, it kind of hijacks my goal of connection. Mm -hmm. So taking good care of yourself, I call it a mommy timeout. You know, I just say, give me a minute, kids, I'll be right back. And I just go to my room and I take a few minutes of just getting my thoughts together so that whatever's going on inside of me is not coming out really in my words or my actions towards them. And I'm protecting our connection. So that for me is a big thing of just really paying attention to what your needs are as a parent Um, because because ultimately you are teaching these kids, you know, they're watching you. They're they're modeling everything that you're doing and and being disrespectful or engaging in power struggles. You're just teaching them that it's okay. And it's not, you know, another big thing is I love, love the one-liners that Love and Logic has. And those just keep me in control of me and in charge of me where I don't engage in you know, the disrespect battle that happens in arguments. You know, I got to 
an 11-year-old. She's in sixth grade. And, you know, that girl will love to argue with me if I'll let her. But I don't because I use these one-liners so well. And she knows as soon as I start saying, you know, probably so, I know, it's pretty much game over because mom's not going to argue with me. So the tools in itself are really such a huge benefit for you being successful. And, you know, I always try and encourage parents, too, that give yourself a break. You know, when you have a bad day, the biggest thing that you can do is really go towards your kids and clean up your mess that you've made. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I lose my temper or I say something I shouldn't have or was quick to react instead of respond, you know, the best thing I can do is position myself with humility and go in low and, and just ask for forgiveness and restore that connection. And so on bad days, parents, don't be afraid to say I'm sorry to your kids because, again, they are wanting and longing for that connection, and we're their example. So lead them in the best way that we can. So those are my top three. So you've got a kid sassing and trying to engage you in a fight. What, what, are, what are some of the one-liners that you would recommend that our listeners use? One-liners were created so that you never have to argue with a child again, and they're as simple as I know, probably so, that could be, I don't know, a nice try. And really that looks like, um, you know, I'm going to go to Sally's house. Well, you can't go to Sally's house until the dishes are done. Well, I'm going to go right now. I know. Feel free to go to Sally's house as soon as the dishes are done. Well, I don't want to do the dishes. Probably so. You know, here's a moment where a mom can go into lecture mode. Well, I told you to do the dishes, and you know that you have to do the dishes before you can go anywhere and play with your friends. And instead of engaging in this disrespect battle of lecturing where your words are just, you know, spewing out your mouth, but they're not actually powerful. Instead, I'm choosing to protect our connection and use these one-liners to communicate that there is a boundary, which is, you know, feel free to go to Sally's house as soon as those dishes are done. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to argue with you about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lecture you about it because you know that you're not supposed to go to Sally's house. But... I'm going to protect our connection and position myself for success right here. It seems like a a big issue for parents is to practice patience. Talk to us about how you help children fix their own mistakes and the encouragement, as Bill was just saying, the encouragement along the way, the patience that you're using. (laughs) I would say I just recently had a situation with my son where, you know, he's banging on his closet door and he, I've told him many times not to do that. And he knocked it off the hinges and he's four and I went up there and I said do you think that was fun for mommy or no fun for mommy and he knows it was no fun for me because now there's you know the doors off the hinges and I can't fix it and so I asked my four-year-old hey feel free to come out of your room as soon as you got a plan of how we're going to fix this door and here I'm giving this little guy a big weight of responsibility but it's really I want you to take ownership of how we're going to do this Mm -hmm. can he climb up there and do it himself no do I know that yes but I want him to spend as much time coming up with the plan of how we're going to fix this and I'm not going to go into freak out mode of well, now I, what am I going to do? I don't have time to fix this. I mean, I could go into a rant and rave about it, but I'm not going to because it's not going to work. And I'm going to teach him a lesson of figuring out what he's going to do with his own problem. Mm-hmm. And he came up with a great idea, and he paid his dad in kisses for helping him do the door. It was awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay, that was great. I love that. So early in, um, in working with your children, you, you have concepts of being fun to be with and also 
um, what we would call forced choices. Could you cover that briefly? Uh, well, fun, fun to be with uh, is is a love and logic concept that really is about communicating to your child that you require something in the quality of your relationship with them. And so when you start with a uh, a toddler, you know, a, a, even a pre-verbal toddler, you begin to say, oh, that's no fun. And I'm now beginning to create a boundary. I've just set a mm-hmm. boundary yeah. with my toddler. What, what Brittany was talking about, taking good care of yourself, uh, you're, you're not taking good care of yourself if, if whining or arguing is dragging you into a pit of emotional exhaustion. Right, right. Um, so you, you begin to communicate that, you know, this is no fun. Yes. Uh, and I don't do things that are no fun. So if you want to be with me, you have to be fun. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like what you're doing right now, you can take that in your room. So feel free to do all the whining that you want somewhere away from me. This begins to change the culture around the parent because the parent takes responsibility for what they're going to participate in. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. And the child begins to learn. The child begins to learn that there's something required to have the presence of my parent around me. And so, you know, even as the Lord, you know, communicates clearly to us that, um, you know, forgiveness is not an option. It's a, it's a standard in the relationship with him. If we're going to hold on to unforgiveness, we're going to feel a breach in the relationship with him. And so, the, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to convict us of that kind of sin and to let us know that we have a problem to work on. The Lord, the Lord loves us just as much as he did before, but now I have a problem. So essentially the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, that's no fun. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. This is so good because we're really developing and calling out character and an ability instead of a child just making emotional wrecks and the parent trying to fix it. You guys, you also use a lot of choices that you give children, which is very helpful because there's freedom, but you give them a forced choice. I think for me, choices um, help communicate that I want to empower my kids mm-hmm. to have a say in what's going on. I don't want them to feel controlled or dictated by me, but, you know, like, the let's say the dishwasher has to be emptied, um, whether that happens before homework or after homework, I don't really care, but the dishwasher will get empty. So right. I love offering simple choices like that so they can feel empowered to mm-hmm. make a decision in their chore because they are control freaks and they're longing for the opportunity to have control of something. So if I can give them a little bit of control in areas that I don't really mind, yes, the goal is the dishwasher's emptied, but the road in which we get there, mm-hmm. I don't mind if it's before or after homework gets done. Um, but for them, it means the world. It means that they got to have a say yeah. in when this gets done. And that, I mean, really, it's just such a, an amazing practice to have because we're to harder choices that are more painful or, or more taxing on our relationship. They're going to look back and say, you know, mom gives me lots of opportunities to be powerful. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's what she wants me to do right here. So I'm trusting that that's what this is. And it's just practice for those moments is really how yeah. I see it. Yeah. And again, you know, these little people are control freaks, just like the rest of us <laughs> in the best way. Yeah. But, you know, giving them those opportunities, it just, it really does move towards that goal of connection. And they get the self-respect of being able to choose when they're going to do the task 
and given the task will be done, it's not a power struggle whether or not it will be done, which is what happens in most homes. There are people listening who are wondering, what is it like to have a relationship like that? And they're also probably not experiencing the relationship with God that would give them that kind of fulfilling experience of feeling connected. Could you lead our listeners in a prayer that would bring those who are distant and strangers to the kingdom? Would you open the door for them to come in and meet Jesus? Father, we thank you that your love chases away fear. Mm. And we know that we experience your love through this connection, this heart-to-heart connection. So, Father, now, uh, Lord, we pray that you you call to these listeners, these people sitting, uh, uh, hearing the sound of my voice. Lord, it's no accident that today they are listening to this program and they are hearing uh, my words. Lord, please call to the person who is who is sitting there feeling heartbroken, who's feeling uh, disconnected in life. And Lord, we pray that you just send your Holy Spirit right now to minister to them, to chase fear away from them, and they would have great peace, knowing that great comfort comes from the presence of the Lord. Lord, we pray that you would uh, you would just lead them to uh, someone who would help them see that Jesus gave his life, that they might know you, that they might know you for eternity. We pray for salvations and healing of hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Danny Silk. Danny is the author of the book, Loving Our Kids on Purpose, Making Heart-to-Heart Connection, published by Destiny Image. And his daughter, Brittany, is director of parenting at Loving on Purpose. Would you share with us, Brittany, a way to contact and get hold of the information that you guys have? The best way to get in contact with us is really visiting our website, lovingonpurpose.com. We also just recently have made available an online school that allows people to go deeper and really study the parenting techniques along with relationship and leadership um, techniques. And that's on the Life Academy. And so those are both wonderful resources to get um, more of what we talked about today. That is excellent because what what you have taught us works and it changes the whole culture of a home and the relationship itself of parents and children. It makes it easy and enjoyable and, and everyone grows to their potential. Thank you. You've been listening to The Healing Word, your hosts, Bill and Sandy Griffin of the Christian Counseling Center in Pickerington, Ohio, letting you know that God loves you so very much. And Bill and Sandy do too. Tune in next time. You've been listening to The Healing Word, a radio outreach of the Christian Counseling Center in Pickerington, Ohio. The Healing Word is sponsored by the Christian Counseling Center and generous gifts of ministry friends. Visit us at griffincouncil.com. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-N-C-O-U-N-S-E-L.com. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or any past broadcast, please go to HealingWordRadio.com. And thank you for listening. Hi, this is Josh, the producer of The Healing Word. I want to personally thank you for listening to the show each and every week. As you may know, it takes a lot to keep a show of this caliber on the air. If you would like to partner with us in helping to support The Healing Word, please go to www.HealingWordRadio.com. Once again, that's www.HealingWordRadio.com. Simply scroll down to the bottom of the page and click Donate.
And as Bill always says, remember, God loves you, and Bill and Sandy do too. Thank you for supporting this great ministry.